This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adenike Oyetunelawal. And I was just on tea with Tay and we talked about my life, disability and everything. If you like this, make sure you watch and you enjoy. Thank you, Temisan. I had fun. It's a very special episode on TVT Pod. I've never had, I don't think that we've ever had such an episode or will ever have such an episode in the history of TVT Pod. I have a special guest. Her name is Adenike Oyetunde Lawal. She's an author, a lawyer, a radio host, and a government worker. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Denike. Thank and you. And also with her is her sign language interpreter. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bio. Mr. Bio, you're looking very good today. As you Love shop. the suits. Denike, how are today? I was looking forward to this episode because, I mean, I'm, you're, not, you're not a small fry in this in this hustle, you are quite popular in the industry. Mm-hmm. Before now, before your position with the government, you were on radio for a long time. And we all know that your life is a whole inspiring story. But for some people who don't know the story, at 20, your life changed. Completely. Completely. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about this story. Oh, wow. Okay, so let me sound um, like we usually do in Nigerian, um, at Nigerian events. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I'm a huge listener of your podcast. Thank you so and much. And I think that you're doing an amazing job with the 
um, kind of conversations that you are having with all the guests. Mm. Um, a variety of um, perceptions, personalities, mm. opinions. And I like that you are welcoming um, a few times you say, no, 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 ah, let's not go there. But it's mm-hmm. really beautiful to watch and to see and um, to find me worthy to be here. I do not take it for granted. Thank Please. you. I had to I had to pour that water on the ground first. Thank you. This is where you water, water <laughs> soap. You water and wear. Thank you. Okay, okay, so when I turned 20, yeah. mm, I went home on um, the weekend. It was weekend. I was in university, Olabisi on Obanjo University, Osu. Yeah. and um, I just had a fall. So what had happened was my parents stay alone because I don't have siblings, literally. So I went to child. school. Yeah, I'm an only child right. um, from both my parents. So I went home that weekend and I realized that they had not had power for a long time. So all their barrels of water, my mother, they store water. If you go to a house now, you go see water from inside mm. cup. I know they lie. So yeah. even when there's flowing water, it's something about it's the scarcity yeah. mentality. I'm still trying to, you know, make her learn. So that weekend I was about to set out, electricity was restored. So I just figured, ah, good child, good child. I cannot leave the house just like that. Let me help them fill their barrels. So I decided to help fill their barrels. So I filled all the barrels and um, I was carrying the very last bucket. I wasn't supposed to even turn it, just to carry it and then drop it. And somehow I just slipped and then I fell. My dad was in the living room with a guest and I screamed and both of them, you know, rushed was to hard me. Fall? It was really a hard fall. Yeah. Um, they helped me get up. Are you okay? Ah, I'm okay, but my leg, yadi yadi yad. I took an algestic and then I went to school. This was a Sunday. Now, Till date, I have struggled, I have tried, I have prayed, I have searched. I have no recollection of anything that happened between Monday up until Thursday. So Thursday morning is the only thing I remember till date as I sit here. Um, I had classes and my very good friend, Tayo, um, used to pick me up for the classes. So Tayo will come get us at nine and I'm always early. So... At 6.30 past 6 and everything, my roommate noticed that I hadn't gotten out of bed, which was very weird. So I just told her, you know, slow morning. Past 7, I made an attempt at getting, I just noticed I couldn't get, get up, like what's going on. So I just, I didn't mean, count it to mean much. Long story short, the trip that I should have taken me to school ended, he ended up bringing me up to Lagos because I just couldn't walk. So he literally had to carry me in his arms and brought me to Lagos. From me to Lagos, took me to the house. Of course, they were not expecting me. There was nobody at home. The house was locked. So I had to stay in my neighbor's place. And then I just called, oh, um, I'm in Lagos. What are you doing in Lagos? You just left. Was My mother, I didn't say anything. Because I'd already started to learn how to manage her because of my high blood pressure. Right. So I told my dad that, oh, I had that follow. Um, I don't know what's going on with my leg. Okay, no problem. Friday morning, I show up at the hospital in Nikoi. Oh, do I get an x-ray done? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I got an x-ray done. Oh, because of the fall, we can see a blood clot. We need to drain it, drain it. And then in a few days, I was heading back to school. This time my dad went to drop me in school. Um, and then they had taught me how to clean because of the drainage site. So he meant mm. that I needed to clean. So I said, oh, don't worry. I'm not going to clean myself. There's one hospital around my hostel in school. I'll always go there. Um, I was getting better. Right. 
um, two weeks or so afterwards, I just realized that the pain became excruciating again. I called them. This thing isn't getting better. I'm not sure because my dad now said he wasn't um, happy at the way I was sounding about the, you know, um, extent of pain because he kept asking me on a scale of one to five and you know, say four, five, like this is not getting better. I'm, I'm coming to get you. So he came to get me from school. Went back to the hospital, had another x-ray done. And incidentally, was the same thing. Oh, they're sure that they, they did not properly drain out the blood. We have to have another drainage done. And this time it was now a major drainage. And I saw the blood koro koro in my eyes. It was dark. It wasn't the regular red mm. color of blood. Mm. So I went back to school and I just never got better. Went back to school. My father eventually had to come get me again from school. And by the time I went back to the hospital, I just told my dad that I'm not sure what it is, but I feel like there's something going on. So my father and I stole uh, my file from the hospital because I realized that they were hesitant. Um, but they were insisting that they were going to refer me to the National Orthopedic Hospital at Ibobi. So they then referred us. But the hesitance with which, you know, they, I wanted my file. So we stole the file, literally, my dad and I. But medical jargons, you know how they are handwriting. Yeah. So we tried to get home. Got home, my neighbor who's a nurse came to the house and then I excitedly just gave her the file. And I noticed a difference in her countenance. It just changed. That's when I knew ah, there's something going on here. Um, went to Gobi eventually, had some tests. This time biopsy was done, another drainage, blah, blah, blah. Um, in a few days, I went back for the test and it was there. The doctor, the doctor walked in with another colleague of his. I was sitting down and then my father was beside me. And then man just said, oh, young lady, um, what you have is cancer. And the only way out is to amputate it. And it just felt like I levitated, like my spirit left my body. I remember so well. It just felt like I levitated and, you know, I was like, this was, I don't even know what they're saying. Yeah. So I just smiled my dad and my dad was crying. I'm like, wait, you mean you made my father cry? I was supposed to look at my dad and my father was supposed to confirm to me like, yeah. these guys don't know what they're saying. Let's get out of here. But there he was crying. Um, and the man just said, oh, today is a Wednesday. I would like to book you for an appointment for a surgery on Saturday. It was in that moment and I said, oh, young lady, I'm talking to you. And I remember my re response was, you're not talking to me. You cannot be talking to me. Like, even if you did tell me to come take out my listless finger, you know, this little finger, I would need days and weeks and months to think, to about, think it. about it. Mm. But you're telling me that I have to amputate a limb, like make it make sense. And at this time, it was just my knee. It was only my knee. <clears throat> so I'm like, oh, let's go. They don't know what they're doing. It will be, ah. Somehow the narrative I still think is out there that anything that has to happen in Ibobi, once they don't know what they are doing, they, cut it they just cut it off. Yeah. You know, so again, I heard that narrative and, you know, I held on to it. Moment, mm. we couldn't have my mom. Right. Moment we got home, my mom was like, what's going on? What did they say? Blah, blah, blah. But somehow, um, there's just three of us. My mom was the only one who was, I think we should listen to the doctors. Me, I was like, they don't know what they are saying. You people should leave me alone. So for me, Bobby, I stayed at home for a while. Somebody introduced me to um, Trado Medical, blah, mm. blah, blah. For many months. At this time, my father had just renewed, um, newly retired from government work. So he retired as a civil servant level, blah, blah, blah. But he had attained a number of years. And my mom's business was experiencing epileptic, an epileptic period. So my father was the major breadwinner. Mm. And he had just retired. So 
the lump of his gratuity we had to take to now finish up his house so that we could move into his house because we're staying in the government quarters. Mm. And they had given us a number of days. At this time, he wanted to vary for um, a chairmanship position. So he needed to exit sooner than we had anticipated and did not mention to my mom. So my mom just got wind of it that, oh, we were exiting the... And my mom like, I don't understand. We can't be exiting sooner than... My dad shows up and I said, eh, he forgot to tell her that he wants to become the chairman of so-and-so local government. So he had to... Government rules. He has to leave between blah, 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 number of days before the election cycle begins. So we were in a race against time, basically. So, and I say all of this because that gives a, you know, perspective into where we were financially. Yeah. So, Igbobi, back home, tried the medical. We were spending so much. Someone introduced us to one man. Unfortunately, rest his soul now. He's also late. And every time he will come, oh, this week, this is the week that something is going to happen. This is the week that is going to, at this time, my leg has started to swell. From your knee? Yeah. So it was swelling upwards. To my thigh. Right. So um he will come and say, Ah, this is this is the week is going to compress. This is so excitedly, ah, this is the week, oh, this is the week, this is the week. And we did that for months. Somehow, luckily, there was also strike. So, yes, I had meet, missed a semester, but it was epileptic. They'll go on strike, they'll come back, mm-hmm. they'll go on strike, they'll come back. Long story short, um, I found myself at a Okuta because my friend said. Um, they have this prayer person that can help. Now, remember, I'm an only child. Mm. So it meant that <laughs> anything and anywhere solutions, Your we will go. go. People, from a place of love, you know, people, all those things we watch in movies. Yes. Real, 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 real. I heard things. I, I saw things. Um, I ate things. Um, I visited only one place and my visit to that place was what made me realize that, nah, this is, an, this is a never-ending journey. The moment you start to visit, you will never stop yes. visiting. Mm. So it was at that moment that I told my dad, take me back home. But prior to that, I had been to another hospital in, in Abelkuta. And these doctors know themselves. So the moment I mentioned my name, they already knew who I was. They already knew what the diagnosis from Lagos was. So there was no need to do waste mm. tests. Sent all the scans and everything to my uncle in the U.S. He came back and, you know, he said, oh, what the person is interpreting is that it is still cancer. At this time, my mom was already, you guys are wasting my time. This is my child. Cut this thing. Yes. My mom was the first person that told us, cut this thing, which is very, very weird and very strange for my Mm. mom. Um, But my father and I, oh. So at the time, we, at the point we got to the place in Abelkuta, the man now said that my mother had to carry a sacrifice. And she sacrificed she had to carry, she had to carry it alongside the, I don't know how to call it in English, it's Amwalawo. Mm. In the blink of an eye, she didn't even think about it. My mom just said, I will do it. Because the man said, a person that loves me has to do it. My mom just said, I will do it. That's when I knew that we we're heading, heading for destruction. And you, you have a Christian family. Um, incidentally, my, my father is Muslim. My mom married um, Christian, but became my mother became a Muslim because she got free trip to Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> Love her. But, <laughs> but I've always been a Christian. I've always gone. You, to, yes, oh. I have always gone to church um, since I was four. My right. family friends always introduced me introduced me to church, Ukraine Baptist Church, mm. and I just loved the cities. I loved the Genge of church, mm. the Bible stories, everything. So my father never did not let me go. He mm. always allowed me go, mm. and I used to stay in Ukraine. 
So the most that he will say is, I'm not going to drop you. So uh, Nani then will say, don't worry, I'll take you. So we'll mm. walk from Mostly Roads to mm. um, Ikoi Baptist Church. And that was how I became. So I'd always been a Christian, always practiced. Um, as a much younger child, I would always only participate in the Salah festivities with my dad, mm. you know, eating in the mornings and then breaking his fast. So when they told my, when my mom said she was going to, she was open to carrying the sacrifice, I knew that there was trouble. I said, take me back home. At this time, it had extended, I started to extend high up my thigh and all of it. Go back to Lagos. We had done everything. We had gone church. Somebody had come to tell us that, oh, they, you know, they are willing to help us. They'll buy goats, they'll break the leg as a goat's leg. All those things you watch and hear in movies that happened to me. So when we go back to Lagos, someone else said, this one I've tried church. How don't we try the Muslim way? That there's a prayer place in Ibadan. Why don't we go to the prayer place in Ibadan? Oh yeah, let's go to the you, prayer place. This was happening within... Oh yeah. So I go back to Lagos. I ended up in another hospital in Ibute Meta. From Ibute Meta was when I headed um, for the Muslim place in Ibadan. Was at the Muslim place in Ibadan, one of the nurse at this time. Um, or rather, prior to this time, I had seen something like a pimple. I remember that the tridomedical guy had been telling me that the thing is going to shrink. One day, just going to... The moment I saw it, like, oh, this is how this thing is going to burst. And Sakuku helped the thing to... Both. That little thing that was a pimple became an ulcer. There was a massive hole in my leg. A massive, massive hole that if I did not dress every single day, this if was, I missed a day, it would start... Because legitimately what cancer is, the cells are growing abnormally. And... From the inside, they are beginning to communicate to all the cells around that this is how we're supposed to grow. It starts to grow abnormally. And it begins to grow and grow and grow and grow. Boom, it dies and boom, that's it. So there was this massive hole. So the nurse, they got to dress the leg in at the Muslim place in Ibadan. Called my dad when, he, when the coast was clear and told my dad that this girl is going to die. Told him point blank, I can never forget. This girl will die. That Obasanjo just brought back some doctors that, you know, they went to train mm. um, UCH that take this girl to UCH. This girl will die in this place. I don't know how my father listened, but I feel like I knew that life was ebbing away. I knew it was very obvious I was dying. And that's how I got to UCH. As soon as they wheeled me, as they were wheeling me, um, Dr. Alonga saw me and just said, Mr. Alonga saw me and just said, young lady, this is an orthopedic emergency. You are going to die if you are not careful. Got to UCH today. Next day, I was. They were prepping me for surgery. They even took me to the theater. My blood level was so low. They had to bring me back. They had to prep me again. Blah blah blah. She amputated the leg. Did chemotherapy, and um, you chemo after. Yes. So after amputating it, I had to do chemo. So it was. It started at my knee, and then of course it started to extend, and then they had to give it more room just in case. Then they had to do another biopsy on the residual limb just to make sure that they are taking out everything. And then we had to start praying that it had not spread to any other part of my body. Now, then I started chemo. It was from chemo. I told my father, see if I miss another semester in school, it means extra year. Laila, I must graduate with this thinking about school. Um, when I, wow, I'm not going to think about I, I was so certain I wasn't going to die. The faith I had, eh? Sometimes the challenge is why they have, and I say, God, just give me small that faith where I have that time. I was just 20, but I was so, I was so resolute I wasn't going to die. When did you finally, do you finally agree to get your leg cut off? Yes, I was dying. I just, I was in constant pain. Mm. So I just take it away. I don't Mm. want, Mm. I don't want anything again. Just get it out of my system. And 
that was, I think that was the only cry I started to say, like, you guys, I'm in pains. This medi- no medication was working. Formalin. I don't know if you know formalin. Formalin no. is what they used to embalm bodies. Yes. They had to, they started to use formalin for my leg when I got to UCH. They, they missed a day. The day that I moved to UCH, I didn't dress the leg on that day. The next day when the nurses came to open to dress, I saw a maggot. So the woman did not know I saw a maggot. She tried to distract me. I said, no, I saw it. It was that day I knew, auntie, you are dying. Let them take. So it was, it's leg, cancer is legit just walking around with a dead body part. That is not just dying, but it has, a, you know, the propensity to make every other part die. So cut off ASAP. Mm. So the moment it was out, the next thing was pump her body with chemo. Somehow they said that the way it was growing, they didn't think it was aggressive because if it had been aggressive, I wouldn't have had all those months within which we're just mm. moving from one place to the other. Um, so it was more a level one and two cancer so mm. they just said let's do chemo we'll do chemo after doing chemo we'll check and just to make sure i was really praying against radiotherapy really praying against it and thankfully i took four courses of chemotherapy and for my last um my last course of chemotherapy i just told my father please i'd already packed my things in the car please just take me to school because i did not want i did not want to miss this i, I did not want to miss graduating with my sex Girl, like you're trying to save your life like what is i knew i was not gonna die please I know. This your faith is can move mount, that mountains. That faith of that type, the way I did, the adult life, I know that stuff. But I, I can only hear strength in all of these things you are saying, right? I, I'm shocked. I move me. I want to know how you felt when you woke up in the, the first mm. day after they cut the leg. So because I had been using crutches prior to the amputation to move, I couldn't. I couldn't. The leg could even touch the floor. If it would touch the floor, I would scream. Pain, so excruciating pain. Let me amuse you. Um, one day when they were dressing it, the nurse was saying, move, move. I said, I can't move. And my father is very soft-spoken. He snapped, move your leg. I just said, like, but daddy, I can't move it. When they amputated my leg, government hospitals now change their policies that they don't keep body parts because people started to accuse them of money rituals. Mm. and all. They gave my leg to my uncle. Guess what? Was my dad. My dad said that the moment my uncle carried it, he just started crying. So first thing my father said to me when he saw me was, "I'm sorry," because as I, as the anesthesia was getting off me, I, I just I was my daddy. I want my daddy. Um, first persons I saw Freeze and his family because Freeze and I were really close. Freeze. Yes, Freeze and his um, well, his ex and their kids back then, and his mom. And next thing I asked for my dad. And my dad just started saying, I'm sorry. So the next morning I woke up, um, I just wanted my life to continue. I just, I I almost fell, but I just moved. I almost fell and I just moved. And the doctor was telling me, you are really, you just want to get out of this place. You want to get, I said, I told him, I said, I want to get out of this space. And I'm glad that they didn't move my ward because I was in an orthopedic ward. And because of oncology, they were going to move me to an oncology ward. One of the student doctors just came to tell me, please, oh, don't let them move you to oncology. People die there every day and it's going to kill your spirit. Your spirit is already high. That's how the, they came for that uh, ward rounds they do in the morning. They were just saying, so you move, move who? Now I begin to cry. You can't move me. Wow. It's impossible. The man said, why? I said, I hear that people die there every day. I can't. The man just looked at me. It's okay. I get this. You can't. So I stayed in that ward till I was discharged from UCH. All of this time, like, 
you didn't have any fear that maybe you probably might not leave. I didn't have any fears that I wasn't going to leave. I didn't have any fears that I was not going to see the next day. Um, before I left school, I was dating someone. We had broken up. I broke off the relationship. Um, I, I was even not concerned about the likelihood of reconciling with the person. But I was broken at the fact that the person had not shown up. Mm. And it was later I found out that he had made attempts. And then, you know, my popsy was very upset, mm. you know, just stay on your own and all of that. I was not, all those sundry things. I didn't have 20 year plan, five year plan. I just wanted to be, to live a pain free life. Right. And I was setting that I was going to leave. What that reality would be, I had no idea. I didn't know what it would mean for me to leave the next day. I didn't know what it meant for me to leave with one leg. I had never even seen anybody with one leg. <laughs> And I was so worried that I didn't know anybody living with disability. The only mm. person I knew was Cobham's Asuko. Right. I had no idea that I even called Cobham's until like maybe some five, six years ago when I met him at Echo Hotel. And then he held my hand. He said, you called me. And I didn't save your number. I said, oh, wow, I called you. Then I remember that I called Cobham's. I just wanted somebody living with disability. And I just said, this is how it is. Oh. Mm. And I remember he just said, it's not easy, but you'll be fine. Mm. So I just really flew on what he had mentioned to mm. me and boom, went back to school. Gorima, Pasha, Inshine, Chemotherapy. My auntie had taken me to um, Bodija Market. We had my board wigs. I was so uncomfortable. Um, then it was about that time African Queen was raining. When Aye. the hair started to sprout small, small, hey, like, hey, African me. Queen. So I lo- I, that's how, so, so people can understand why a few years ago, for a very long time, I was carrying bald head. I, I have a history of carrying bald head and it, just, it has a special place in my heart. Wait, <laughs> there's so much joy. Like, I love the joy, but I'm, I, I want to put myself in your situation if I, if I went through this. I don't know if I would have the, because you, this was you who was a, you were a Christian. You're still a Christian. Yeah. You're a Christian before this happened yes. this was happening we were still calling on God every other day your leg you cut your leg yeah you went through chemo God is good how did you feel like, what was your relationship with God before and after it didn't, didn't change. change I'm going to be very honest with you and wherever my former neighbor is Mrs. Adekombi God bless you she would always show up at my house in the mornings or evening and just read all she did was read the Bible with me oh that's all she did she was she, I knew Psalms well, name it. I, back, back then, I knew everything. And there was a part that she would always tell me that God is good. Mm. And that was the first time I heard it. But I never, I could never relate with it. And I never doubted. I never asked God, why me? I never said, why didn't it happen to me? All mm. of those things. I never did. The only time I thought about why I was in school and I just thought very randomly, saying, I only made a born. Why it not happen to family? Maybe say they get six exactly. children. It, but the moment that thought came and God is bearing me witness, it did not sink. I just thought about it and then I moved. I zoned out. Um, I tell people that a part of my DNA wiring is optimism. And I believe very strongly I got it from my dad. My father is a very optimistic person, a very highly optimistic person. And I believe very strongly that because I saw it in the face of challenges, he would always know that everything will be fine. Mm. Um, that I took. And then coupled with my Christian walk, I didn't have a relationship with God. It was, you know, after all of, all of this, I decided to seek a relationship with this person. I was going to church, no doubt. 
I was always in choir practice. We're always mm. doing presentation. I was very active. But as I got older, I understood that what I did was just activity. I didn't have a relationship. So mm. I sought to know yeah, the person so, of yeah. God. Such that even the said ex, rest his soul now, he's late. You know, when he showed up, we, you know, the funny thing, we didn't talk. We didn't talk for many years until I, you know, was about to write this book. And I'd been conceiving the idea of writing this book. And the interesting thing is the person who de- decided to now finally spur me is now my husband. He just said, what's delaying you? I said, oh my, I can't type book. And he just said, voice it. I'll transcribe it. This guy voiced over 30 something hours. Your current husband? Yes. He voiced over 30 something hours. In fact, someone asked him recently, his best friend or his very good friend called him and said, what app did you use? He said, mom, I know you use Apple and I love the shark me that yeah, they press her, play, stop. Baba wow. transcribed word for word. So when I was going to write this book, I remember that I heard my um, ex's name in my spirit mm. and then I called his very good friend. Hey, give me so and so person's number. And I got the number. And the moment I called, hey, hi, this is Adeni here. And his response to me was, I've waited 13 years for this call. Oh, you guys didn't speak from uh, What are we talking about? He said, I'd waited 13 years. I blocked him on everything. Blocked him everywhere. You're angry. I believe very strongly that I was. But I, you know, with time I realized that he didn't really owe me much. What he owed me, um, he had given to me because I then found out that he made an attempt to show up at the hospital. He showed up at UCH, to be honest. But I feel like he's showing up at UCH, he should, could have just avoided it. Yeah. Because he now came. You could tell that the things that he brought were his friends that just told him, enter the shop, enter the shop. Because one day when I went for chemo as, a, out, as an out-of-patient person, I saw it and I smiled. I remember very well. My father said, why are you smiling? I didn't say anything. Because I could recognize all the things that he... So it was obvious he walked into that store and just picked those. So it felt to me like there was no intention with the visit. You know, so I think that it reignited a form of some semblance of anger in me. Mm. So when I called him, we did see. And I told him, I'm writing a book. And I don't know if you want me to write your name. About just told me, yeah, go ahead. When I was about to step, he just said, please don't. Uh, I'm married now. I don't think I want to drag my wife into it. And I respected it. So I completely expunged anything that had to do with him in that in, in the book at the time. Mm. Um, and I believe very strongly that he's late now. He still hurts me. You know, I just had very, very interesting circumstances. Um, and I, you know, I, I asked myself if I had given him release. And I believe very strongly that the conversation we had that day, there was actually release from both our ends. Mm. And yeah. Stories. Yeah, so I wrote a book. Yeah, so in the book, I tried to, <laughs> I tried to channel a lot of the house. How mm. did I do it? Um, what spurred me and I would give you a snippet I think the fact that I I am an only child Mm. there was no room for me to be lax Mm. there was no room I didn't have room to just cry I was going to ask right your parents have only you yes when this was happening or even after it happened were they sort of heartbroken oh yeah my, my, could you tell, could you sit in their faces that this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents are so broken. So when I was living with the cancer, I, we would take turns to cry. I'll cry. After I finish crying, my mother will cry. After my mother, is, so we'll take turns. And so it was, we were all in it. However, because my mom couldn't do the physical 
part of running around government hospital, she stayed back at home. So it was my dad and I that were always doing all the running around. My mom was the one that was trying to still hustle for money. My mom was the one that people would see, ah, we hear that income is not feeling fine. No, please give us account number. It was my mom that was doing all of that. Mm. So my parents were very much involved, mm. very, very much involved. Um, my parents were broken, but because I had a semblance of strength, they fed off, they, the they fed off it very well. Um, growing up, I remember my mom always say that she will always pray to God that this one that you have given us is going to be more than 10. Mm. And I leave that prophecy. Mm. Um, and for me, I believe that my parents are just excited that I am here. Um, there are too many examples, too many. My mom sees me on television. My mom is a local ninja where she lives. Mm-hmm. When I was on radio, everywhere she goes, mm-hmm. she's just doing, you as know. Your mommy. My, as my mother is an <laughs> area person. So, so my parents are, they never thought it would happen to them. Yeah. But to now witness what is happening regardless and in spite of, um, as the person who's living that life, it really humbles me at the expanse and the greatness of God's love mm. to me. And it extends to my parents. Um, so yeah, my parents are, they are very, very alive. My father is 70. I still, I still tell him that he doesn't know his real age. All those people that were born when one mm-hmm. upper was on the throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my father is 78. My mom is 66. And it's their fourth year wedding wow. anniversary in a few weeks. Wow. Yes. And um, they are one and only shy. Yeah. Thank God. God yeah. kept you for a reason. Is he though, my brother? It's called a catch. Because you know, it's, it's so easy for us to say, oh, uh, we have God even in trials. We believe God. Yes. Those nights nice where you are. I was going your... to read this scripture. Please do. Um, Jacob. Um, James, I beg your pardon. Yeah. says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest mm. joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. Mm. And I believe that I didn't know I was leaving this. But with time, I now know that there is no other person I know in my life that could have been doing this and would have done it well. Mm. One day, my friend Ogotchuku gave me a piece of paper and told me, take up however long it is, write just one name of anybody you think would have done. I couldn't come up with a name. And I was in a place where I was like, what's happening to me? Why is this thing not happening? What's going on? What's next? Where do we move from? And she said, I didn't care. You know how you have a relationship with God. You and God, you're different. Ayo says that I'm on God's payroll. And nobody should just compete with me. And that is what I have seen in my life. I am a product of grace. I am, you see that part of the Bible says, let follow me and I'll teach you on first rhythms of grace. Hmm. I am the poster child for that scripture. So even when challenges are hard, because there are challenges when they are hard, I want to go back and just say, okay, God, you know the interesting thing? I was able to do this, do this, do this. It rewires me mm. and that takes me to words has helped me post um, limb loss gratitude. It took me like maybe six years. The limb loss hit me in the ninth year. 
hit me in the night. Yes, it hit me in the ninth year. That was when I started moving around with colored hair, or coloring my hair as if you were in the face. Yeah, I was in the face. Because I'm really interested in your life post. Like you started off your life with you've always known how to work with your two legs. What did life become for you after dealing with people, work, just even the reaction of people, pity? Mm. Yeah. Because you're not that girl before. You're probably the girl that would go around town, baby girl being looked at. Relationships, dating. How did you... Please. <laughs> okay, so post limb loss. See, there's, if there's any parent listening to this, one of the best gifts you can give your children or your words is the gift of self-esteem and love. Mm. There was nothing anybody could tell me and can still tell me in this world. Once I set my heart to do it, it will happen. And that's something that my father, you know, put in me. My father made me know there was nothing you could, you wanted to do in life that you couldn't do. So I never waited for any man to tell me I was beautiful. First person who told me I was beautiful was like, dad, you are fine. I, I wish people who knew me, my, my friends from school, I never doubted that I would never be in a relationship. I didn't have a relationship from, uh, okay, when I got back to school, I entered my relationship. One amazing person. Honestly. And to be honest with you, I'm going to be very flat out, you know, sincere with you. I think that one of the things that made me, we didn't rush. We were just excited. Is the fact that, so this is possible. You mean that somebody can, I never met him. This guy was using my picture as screensaver. So the moment, the first day we met, we, it was like, we just kid. Boom. Screensaver from where? Uh-uh, that's um, LG phone. You remember that uh, flip LG? Where did you find him? How did you guys? So apparently when I left for the hospital, he moved into my hall in school and everybody was always talking about me. So my roommate would come <sighs> so and you, just say, you be popular, right? I was. Your I, energy was I'd always a... make noise. Yeah. For my, cl- my class, it was obvious. God bless my classmates. They donated. They were checking up on me. They showed up. So I go back to school. I remember go back to school. My roommate would come. This person said, who is this person? I just want just moved into the hall now. That's like everyone just told me. Tipo is always using your pictures as screensaver. So anytime we come to the hospital, he's always asking us to take fine pictures hey, of you. Hey, see them. <laughs> as I go to school, I just, Ebon. She just said, she's like, I said, please tell him to come. Said, come, tell him to come. That's how we became friends. We became friends and not that many days. We just said, Jason, amazing guy. Amazing guy, amazing me. But I feel like the bubble burst when I realized, oh, so it's possible. Mm. And then I started to see, oh, he has flaws here. Oh, he started to see, oh, she has flaws here. And we were just young. We became friends. But I feel like also God brought that relationship to show you that. Trust me. I tell people that if that relationship had not happened, I'm not sure that I would have known that it was possible. So I feel like however um, carnal it was, however carnal it was (laughs) the reality about this is that if that relationship had not happened I don't think Mm. I would have felt like oh some other person found me attractive Mm. because after that I didn't date anybody from third year my fourth year my final year NYSC everything I did not date anybody I moved on nobody dated me Um, some other older people were liking me uh, yeah, like, uh, you know that. Older, please give me context. Forties, late forties, early fifties. Uh, I'm smart, so you know older people actually yeah. like their conversation now. So a person that can hold conversations, mm-hmm. uh-huh, so that kind of stuff. And then I got into radio, and then the following from the older people just did not end. And I, I, 
I met this person who was working in my office. I'm like, who was wearing this one? That's how I met, well, my now husband. Um, so when we started to date, it was a very, oh, no way, colleague. Hell no. Hey. Oh, you guys worked in that kind of space, I know. Yes, we worked in that kind of space. And then we're like, but these people are dating now. Those ones are dating now. Those <laughs> ones are dating now. I'm like, oh, blah, 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 Does blah. talk about your husband? Bring oh, yeah. Back. <laughs> so you started working at um, the radio station at yes. the time, right? Yes. Minding your business, doing your work as usual. Then comes this guy. Yeah, I was working there. I've been working there. Um, had always used to carry this full afro that I always wonder, who, how come this guy doesn't have friends to tell him that this thing makes you look old? Wow. And that's how I became friends with him. So you told him? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, but by that time, we were already checking him out. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. But See, how do you know the afro made him Let me tell look you something. Old. This guy was dating other people. That means take her to this place now. Take her to the, oh, now you uh, tell him. Now me, they tell her. Now you tell you tell me my own too. Eh, so you people now, eh? So we were that cool. Was my movie buddy? We we're going to the movies every week. Man and woman, the moment you just said I like you, fuck him. Rewiring just changed. I offer. Oh. What do you mean by that? I just off. But look, you like him now. I did. Because like intelligent. So I feel like I didn't even see the tall, dark, and handsome. I'll be honest. Until we probably until he lost weight. He's lost weight. I'm like, ah, you're fine, oh. Eh? So, no, no, I tell him, yeah, you're fine, oh. But I was like, I didn't see all of that. I feel like one of our strongest soul is our friendship. Yeah. So even when we have issues and we fall out, I think that's one of the biggest heartaches that a person like me experiences. Like, we have to find a common ground. We need mm. to learn how to find, um, how to communicate. Mm. Because outside of all the lovey-dovey and everything, if we, we were friends, and when we were friends before we got married, no matter how hard conversations were, we always found a way around it. So it shouldn't change now. Mm. So we are still navigating it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's all perfect. Nah. We're still learning how to navigate. But I can say that we are growing and it's not what you know we used to be or where we used to be before. He's Muslim. Many people don't even know that he's Muslim. Yes. Like he practices. He's practices. <clears throat> but he's Muslim. Um, okay, wait. Don't do <clears throat> Take me back. How? He's Muslim now. You know how they say you attract what you're familiar with? He's very similar to my father. Hmm. Very. Mannerisms, how he sleeps, how he, he shakes. And my father shakes a lot. Do you know that? I wish you were here. Do you know I call him dad? Oh, dad. Oh, sorry. Your name. Yeah. I actually mistaken him. That's yeah. your G. He's my eyes, ah, my G. Did you know you were going to marry him when you, when no. you get started this thing? No. Marisha. No. But, he just fuck. He did not propose. He proposed the day before. <laughs> uh, he proposed. The, I said, guy, you know, propose. He said, ah, but we are bought the ring now. He proposed in the night before. We, we, didn't, we did everything. Yeah. I didn't want. I didn't want engagement and all. We did it in our living room now. We did the wedding in the living room. Stop. Wando yeah. Signatures turned our entire house to event center. Um, we both of us knew that we didn't have money for party. Mm. So we called the day of introduction where parents met officially was the day his tailor came, measured his father, measured my father. I just said, mommy, so this is your Shabby. I'm going to drop in my tailor. Uh, give my mother in law. Mommy, this is your own. Daddy, please stand up. Tailor wants to measure you. We bo- because my mother knows the whole of the world and she will not drop money for party. Yes. So two of us... Stress them a lot more. We... Because, because also you're an only child. How did she let that happen? She had a reception the next day in her house. 
Yes, the reception that we do As not go. Eh, God help us. You go for, you didn't go for, for reception. What, nah? It would defeat the old. And I'm glad I didn't because I tested positive for COVID two days afterwards. Oh, so if I had lockdown. gone, yes. If you got married during lockdown. Eh, how would I have not gotten married? <laughs> Your lives have always followed the pleasant places. Like the way said the world go end. No, my brother, I can't feed people. But, so this is what I, this is what I don't, and I pray to God that I get to a level of resolve where I trust God. Hmm. I trust God, but hmm. you know, I'm still here like, you know, if this happened to me, hmm. you know, it's a cause God and die. Hmm. <laughs> Girl, I was like, yo, is this is what you brought me As here for. Yeah. Like, but the challenges that you so, so the beauty about it is that you also go through challenges and there are challenges that you go through that I will not have the energy to muster. And this is what it is. I'll take, for instance, my fibroid journey. I remember mm. sharing it openly. And I know how many women have now been liberated because I have shared. Mm. And the, the truth is, we, are, we have a culture that conceals. Yeah. So because we are concealing, you don't know who else is going through stuff. It mm. took me months. I was just, nobody delayed the sharing. I wanted to share when I was ready to mm. share. And I wanted to the process to go, to go through the process. So I knew I had the you know, resource to share with people. And we had just gone through all of that. I was just getting better. Okay, let's just go do the wedding. Then you now come and tell me that you're going to be paying million, million for. Mm. I'm reaching goodwill. And yeah. what Friendship people saw, too. honestly, what people saw at our wedding was goodwill. Not one person charged us. Everything was good from the decor to the makeup to the person who made my outfit, the person who made his outfit gave me a discount saying that he's always wanted to do something for me. The person who gave us food gave us a good price. My friends paid for the drinks. Videography was Uncle Shola's gift to us. Um, what else did we do? Every, almost everything. Tuweru um, Yawo, you know, Mr. Lawal is the fifth of, or last mm. of five children. So he has all that siblings. So, I, we we had to sit down and ask ourselves, haven't spent what we have done, spent so far. We, do we really want to spend? Besides, we didn't even have it. Mm. So when the parents met, mm. one of the reasons why we wanted, parents met, did the introduction at our place. Wanted them to see, this is where we are going to be living. Oh, this is the space. So mm. my mama see the space. My mama still called three days later. I said, so which color make our friends wear? I said, friends, where they come wear? <laughs> <laughs> didn't you see the space? She no grew. It cost five. I told her that one you want to say is, your is husband's it? people, what did they talk? My husband's people don't have stress. They, what does he want to do that they've not seen? He's the last child, but his mom is already a grandmother. Right. Uh -huh. So they've done, how many weddings, what uh, can he do? Except he carries them to space. Mm. There's nothing he want to do that they've never seen before. So as far as they're concerned, it was basically, for him, it's more, what is it that you want? We'll want what it is that you want with you. Mm. And I think that that's one, that's one of the greatest blessings that I have from my in-laws. Nobody stresses me. Mm. My mother-in-law cooks the best stew. I push our son to go to their Please go and carry stew. All those people that be fighting for your mother-in-law, I don't see it. I don't care. My freezer is filled. We have bowls of food. I'm excited. My sister-in-law sends us everything from black soap to tubers to onion to what else does my sister-in-law say? She sends every, I don't really keep life. There are so many more issues in life than for me to be bothering myself about. I don't have all of those things. They understand boundaries. I don't, I don't shield them from my home. They don't, they don't, they don't have a need to come to my home. If they want to come to my home, they know that my home is, they have an access to my house. I don't have siblings. So I'm married into a home where there are many people. So how will I now be doing? They didn't give me, they gave me that. Mm. I don't have energy for all of that theatrics. So everything is legitimately actually still working together for my good. Mm. 
And I know that I am called into a place where there's purpose in this work. Mm. Um, disability was not something that I ever emphasized could happen in my mm. life. And here I am. Um, not only is, you know, am I talking disability, I'm now educating people, which is one of the reasons why I said we needed to have a sign language interpreter. Mm. And the truth is, there's going to be a lot of unraveling because it's purpose. It will continue to have different yes. facets. Yes. I left, yes. and radio, is, radio is my first love and joy. Mm. My father incidentally used to work on radio. So he planted the seed. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes we don't see the effect that we have on in the lives of our children or our wards, which is why we mm. cannot just live recklessly as parents mm. or guardians. We must be intentional about these things. People see me and wonder, I never lost out on a job. It is my reality. But unfortunately, I see that many people living um, with disability mm. do not have this. Self-esteem issues, um, financing. Mm. I don't have all the money in the world. But I promise you that anywhere I need to walk into, if you say that's where it is, I'm supposed, I will get into the place. Except it's not a human that is by the door. And if it's a spirit, I carry the spirit of God inside of me. Mm. You can't challenge it. It's as simple as that. People who live with disability have come from homes where they are not, There's the nothing. affirmation isn't there. Yes. So you are wondering, how do you expect me who now randomly meets them on the streets of Lagos to now affirm which is that they are? When you meet them and they get amputated, the first thing they wonder is, will I get married? Will somebody marry exactly. me? Exactly. And my mind is, Add value. Nobody wants a liability. Mm. Add value. Be a person of value. I'm not even messing. I was descending the stairs yesterday. I was going on. My husband was saying, man, I'm all, I bagged you, Sha. Wow. I'm adding value to his life because the Bible says that he that finds a wife, he has found a good thing and he knows it for a certainty. Mm. But people that are living with disability are despondent. Mm. They, so it's a lot of work for many of them. You can't walk into a place that looking for a job and you're cowering. Yes. Say with your chest, I only have OND. I only have um, O levels. What do you require for people to get jobs in this kind mm. of places? Oh, first degree. Employ me part-time basis. I will get my degree for you. Give me four years. They already, okay, no problem. I'm going to go away. Mm. I'm going, we don't even encourage them to come out. Let's talk about the reality of being handicapped. Ah, or... That's not a great word. Thank you for saying that. Let me all use this education. I beg. So, yes. Please, I've dragged don't you. Don't me on this show. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I'm but joking. I, I feel like it's one of the reasons why I'm sitting here is to educate you. So, an impairment is basically, this is an organ. This is a system. This is how it's ideally supposed to work. But because there's something wrong, an abnormality, that there's an impairment somewhere. Yeah. So a disability is a functional consequence of that impairment. Mm. Handicap is the labeling that society has given. Right. So usually when you use handicapping terms, it means that you are seeing the disability first before the person. Right. That boy with Down syndrome, that boy with, he's, he has a name, Uche. With a disability. Uche. Adenike, identify me first as human before you start to highlight yeah. a disability. So, in the is it, disability... Is it to say he has a disability? Or? Just say the person lives with disability. Oh, right. Um, or the person has a disability, actually. Because why I realize that even those of us in disability space, we are not even united. Mm. The semantics and the words keep changing per time. So, the most politically sound way to say is persons with disabilities. Right. Not even living with disabilities any longer. Mm. Persons with disabilities. 
Uh, and it's a wife. See, remember when we grew up, um, Olodo, we sing Olodo Rabata. Mm. People have dyslexia. People don't know what it is. Right. Learning disabilities. Right. Visual, people that wear glasses don't know that they are living with disability. They will still be fighting, they fighting. Join. Yes. People that wear glasses live with a disability. Mm. Yes. So because you can either be totally blind, you can't oh, see, or, blind. and that's legal blindness, or you have low vision. A lot of people with albinism, Mm. albinos have low vision people with albinism actually are living with disability and there are people that are partially sighted all these long-sighted short-sighted astigmatism it is disability do you know that people that lisp is a disability people that omit words people that substitute words no i'm so because i feel like Somehow we just think that it's only people that have one leg so, one. So, so this thing is saying that I, I, <laughs> I actually look stupid because I've not actually thought about it like this. And you're educating me, but I'm like, we as a country, we don't, we don't even know these things. That's why there's no provision for anybody. Like, I, I remember when I was in Unilag, we, we used to have like... Shout out to Unilag. Shout out to, Unilag. Shout out to um, whatever, Queen's College, mm. King's College, all those federal schools that mm. took time to provide for disability, specifically visual impairments. Yes. In that small community, in that unit like they, so they, we took people with disability very seriously. Yeah. They had the best rooms. They had people who helped oh, them. Wow. Yes. They choose, they choose rooms first before anybody else. Wow. Like the perfect room on the ground Shout floor. Shout out to Nigeria Law School VI. I chose yeah. my room first. Yeah. So now coming into like the bigger world, like into legal mm-hmm, society, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no provision for them. Now, so you almost forget that these people really need more, more attention, more care, more policies that will help. Are there policies that you guys are still trying to fight to get entrenched into law? Mm. What are the things that you guys are still trying to get? So the reality about this is, as a person, um, talking about exempting us is not my biggest strength. The cost of the exemption is what it is I like to emphasize. Right. Now in Nigeria, we have an estimated maybe 20, 25 million people living with different forms of disability. Now, and those disabilities range from physical to health, Mm. to visual, to hearing, Mm. um, to learning or different forms of intellectual disability. The ones that we know, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, Mm. Elon, Elon Musk is living with a disability. He has Asperger's syndrome, for goodness sakes. People do not even know that they have that or he exists. What is that? What ah. is so Asperger's um, syndrome is is it has various um, spectrums, mm. but a lot of the times they are fidgety. Did you watch Boston Legal? If no. anybody saw Boston Legal, I can't remember his hands. Hey, that was his nickname. Hands had Asperger's syndrome. Right. Um. Um. ASD, autism as well. Mm. Um, and on the autism spectrum, for instance, they're like over a hundred. Mm. Many people don't even know what to look out for, what to identify, what to, all of these things. <gasps> you know, and the reality about it is a lot of people do not know how close they are to disability than how far they are from disability. Mm. All that needs to happen is one diagnosis. Someone is pregnant with a child and boom, that's it. You know, people don't even know that the process of birthing a child on its own is a trauma. Somebody is just chilling in water somewhere. Next thing, what's going on? What's going on? So passing the birth canal, if a woman has a successful delivery and nothing happens to that child, it is a miracle Miracle. because the child can actually suffer trauma during the birthing process. 
There are many people who have children that have suffered anoxia, for instance, shortage of oxygen. And that's it. Their world completely changes forever. Simple. Um, some people have acquired, like me, adventitious disability. I was not born this way. Um, some, um, some people have um, communication disability. Mm. And is it that language or um, um, voice or something? Yeah. So different types. And the reality about it is because we don't expose ourselves to the realities of different variations that mm. exist until it hits us, mm. we are unknowingly shutting ourselves out from the economic power that these people can add, the human capital that they can add to this, um, even with jobs. Now, take education, for instance. The Lagos State government has a special people's laws. It has been in law since 2010, mm. 2011. The federal government has a law that Buhari signed. And one of the most simplistic things are every single person with disability has a right to several things. Education, health care, um, access. And access cuts across different things. There are many buildings that are not compliant. Now, the reality, if you hear that Lagos State government has shut down all the stores in maybe you, maybe on Ajosiadeogun, for instance, everybody begins to shout, oh, ah, why now? But guess what? Not only had Lagos State government put the law, has continued to write, I can tell you that the Office of Disability Affairs has continued to write, hoping that shutting down these places will not cut us off economically. But at what point would we not shut down as, as more than 90% of businesses? I don't know if you've ever walked into a library in this country. Number one, we have a shortage of libraries. Well, when you step into libraries, how many libraries have big prints for people mm. that have low vision? In banking halls, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody on wheelchair use an ATM in this country. They don't consider us. I don't care. They, they will celebrate one week long anniversary. Mm. They've never thought about it. Mm. No banking hall, no ATMs. Um, you can't even enter the, the machine, those doors yeah. with your wheelchair. Me, I can't even enter on my crutches. People on wheelchair can't go into the place. So, hello. Education, inclusive education. Some people that have children with disabilities, because it's one of the things that, you know, families that have have to be honest. Mm. What are the strengths of this child? Mm. So if your child can fit into a mainstream school, you will see the school telling them, come and carry me. Do you know how many people, how many schools we have shut down, the ones we've reopened, the ones Office of Disability Affairs exists. But again, until people have a need for them to say, oh, the laws are there. Mm. The laws are in existence. Let's be honest. It is you and I that are the everyday people who do not do these things. Mm. People don't even know that people living in albinism actually live with disability. Yeah. Son, is their biggest enemy. As much as we want vitamin D, they must run away from sun. Mm. Nobody talks about the cost of applying. They have special creams they have to use. Skin cancer is not a cheap thing to, to, to manage. Intellectual disability, for instance, cerebral palsy. If you know what it costs to pay for speech therapy, families are going through things. And one of the best <sighs> things that we can do as a society is Create a space where mm. if I have a child who has graduated university and wants to seek employment mm. and is either visually impaired or has hearing, is hard to hear, hard of hearing or is deaf. If this person can show value that they can bring something to your business, how about you give them this job? Mm. Give them this job. Accommodate them. Create ways where your methods and systems can make these people work. They are so brilliant. If you, if you engage them, 
they are so sober. Their brains work. You mm. know how we always think that people that are visually impaired or their other senses are sharp. Ooh. It's a lie. They develop it. It doesn't come to them naturally. They actually have because to intentionally develop use, yeah. it because there is a shortage somewhere and they say, okay, you know what? What do I do? How many of us have seen elderly people? On Cuso? How many of us? Have, I was telling you before we started that. Before, when I go on, when I go to a place and there's a queue, I'll be carrying, I'm mm. trying to persuade everybody. Now I go straight to the front because it's the service provider's job to inform you that this person is priority. Yeah. We are not as human as we think we are. We just like to deceive ourselves. Very true. Until we all sit down and say, how badly are we doing? And what is it costing us from not creating an environment where these people can actually thrive? Between you and I, fully bodied Nigerians that have no disabilities is tough, let alone for you go on a BRT bus where the Lagos State government has a marks for special needs. You, two hands, two, two legs, two everything, you sit down there. And when the driver starts to haggle you, you want to create a scene. It doesn't work that way. Before now, I would have said I knew much about I didn't right? even I didn't even touch one wait first, first wait first I know <laughs> and, 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 and and here thinking to myself like wow so you recently got um, an appointment with the Lagos State Government as yeah. an SSA to to the governor on disability disability right how's, how's that going like what, what what are the things that you think that you need to put in place sensitization <sighs> like where will this work start from because now that mm. you're saying it it's layers and layers and layers and layers of things to uncover, like from the organizations yeah. to even sensitizing people in the first place. Yeah. Like, like me thinking about like Timisa, you are actually in the wrong for a lot of things that you yep. probably do. Yep. And how do we begin to have these conversations to say, you know what, we need to include? Because if you go to other places abroad, you just see that there's an aisle for people there's with disabilities. There's an aisle, the special part. You see the more the palms. Before I got my employment um, with the Lagos State Government years ago, I would always go there to see a movie every week. Yeah. And I was always shouting. I was always shouting until they did what they am. Only two parking spots in that whole car park. Mm. Meanwhile, the law says that for every 20 parking spaces, you must at least have three. Mm. Regardless of how crowded your parking, your shopping mall is, mm. or no condition should anybody who is not living with a disability park in those spots. Mm. But do you know who I am? I will shut down this place. Anyhow, wow. yes, I tell you that category. One day I even parked there and they didn't know. By the time I got there, they are clamped it. And the man was up. I said, no, you're doing your job because you did not see the person who parked. Mm. So ideally you should clamp. But now that you see that I live with a disability, can you unclamp it? Mm. The reality about it is the government is you and I, Temisan. Yeah. I think that one of the biggest eye openings um, for me on this job is the fact that it is you and I that are not making what the government sets in place work. And mm. to be honest, is not going to show up at all the shopping malls in Lagos, at all them, the buildings yeah. in Lagos, at all the schools in Lagos, at all the hospitals in Lagos. But he will do what? The governments before him preceding have set up laws. The most that he can do is to ensure that there is willpower to monitor and to enforce. Mm. Now, guess what? When they go to clamp down these places, you and I again will look for somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. So the system is the people. And until the people are held accountable one by one and individually, 
I don't think anything. I'm of the opinion that you need to start to imprison people, give people community service. Your shop does not have this disease. Carry broom. From your Lexus car, mm. carry broom. You report at a so-and-so, Iboshere, um, every day. Say, oh God, I don't sweep this street. Oh. Mm. The shame that you think that you did not have before is now that you know that you have shame. But until their child mm. loses hand or leg, they never know that how, you know, how <sighs> necessary it is. I think you have to help me be clear about this and for people watching as well. What are the things that they need to be held accountable for like for stores, for malls, yeah. for banks, just public places. What are the things that are supposed to be in place so that people are aware that, you know what, maybe I've been doing this wrong and let us try we and change. We all know we've been doing I mentioned, I mentioned education. The Lagos State government across the nation mm. is possibly the one that has championing free education um, for persons with disability. Do we need more? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, healthcare. Lagos State government, again, has insurance healthcare mm. cover for people living with disability. Mm. Should the cover extend to more people with living with disability? Definitely. Um, access. Access to buildings. It's very simple. Um, access to buildings include, if you will not, if you can't build, you can't break down your building. Mm. So it means that if you are a one business provider mm. and you do it upstairs, it means that if I come, and I can't gain access to you. It should be noted there clearly that well, our building, our business is not disability friendly. Yes. Your parking space. I drive. Why? Because ideally, uh, uh, it should have so why should provision I show up, for... Why should I show up at your business facility and I'm just finding out that there's a flight of stairs? I've never been there before. I just follow you people on Instagram. I say, ah, okay, well, I mean, like you, let me enter this. Let me, ah, wait, oh, this place. Oh, wow. Guess what? Um, access also includes, I can give you stories, travel. Mm. For me, I always write um, wheelchair. Uh, travel. I always write wheelchair on my ticket. Why? Because I just want to sit down somewhere. I just give them, you know, baggage claim. Yes, three bag. Honestly speaking, that's the mm. only reason why I write. Trip. But guess what? People who cannot be lifted from wheelchairs have to be cumulatively carried from their wheelchairs to ascend into the aircraft. How is it supposed to be done? You are, so, you, are, you are supposed to put your aircraft, I don't know that English, that, that you know when you are doing oh, international those, travel, yeah. that you just walk into the plane. Do you used to enter up and uh, up and down? We are walking oh, on tarmac here. Uh-huh. So you are seeing what I'm saying. I get what you're saying now. Education, schools, many of these schools, it's, it costs a lot for you to have inclusive education. But yeah. there are people who can afford it and are saying, give us, we will pay. Mm. But the reality is that not many people can afford. So the Lagos State government has provided primary, secondary, universities on paper is still working. In principle, I'll be honest with you, has not kicked off. Mm. But in principle, you are also supposed to get some measure of leverage if you're mm. a person with disability and you decide to go either to Lagos State government or a university or the polytechnic. And I'm promising you that they're going to work on it. I've started conversations about it. Um, what else are the things that we do? Um, employment. Mm. Why on earth should you shortlist me from being employed because I live with a disability? A disability. Marketing, for instance, is like me. I have, I'm a person living with albinism and I want to go and join marketing. It's like me, myself, I'm not telling myself the truth because when they're supposed to be under the sun between the hours of 10 and 3, I'm not supposed to be under the sun. I'm supposed to be shielded. 
Mm. So if I ideally go into a place and I, I want to become a marketer, then you have to find a marketing that works. If you are going to be doing online marketing, get a marketing business that does online, that uses a tool that is good for you and then go. But what I also realized that people with disability want to, you, it doesn't appeal to your um, health condition. Right. And you want us to now mandate, it does not work that way. So employment, people need to start coming out. If you are setting that you were shortlisted and because of your disability, they did not take you, come. Mm. There was a case with the Lagos Business School mm. and the family said they wanted out because they said, oh, don't worry, the school is saying they cannot. I really was hoping that the family wanted fire. I really was hoping because what, as what LBS that, is international like this, they did not provide the things that the boy needed. They setting the few things that the boy mm. needed living with disability. So the reality is all of us are guilty. And until we start to hold ourselves responsible for these things, we will not get it right. Mm. So there are laws. Let us start shouting. Call people out. Make noise. The, um, the, the shopping mall did not put um, designated parking until I started to shout on social media. Mm. Then their facility management called me and I told them, I have no business with you until I see. And I've continued to shout. Two is not enough. Put signage. Put signage. So that when Temisa goes into the shopping mall and he sees signage, he registers in his mm. brain. He visits his friend and his friend's brother is on wheelchair. Say, I want to go to the say, No, I'm telling you what I saw. I saw the signage. Mm. There's special parking. He was, are you serious? Then they show up there. We have capacity. We can add to your IGR. We can add to the economic value of this nation. But you are shortlisting us as a people. And until the value of every Nigerian life counts to not just the government mm. but to also her people mm. we'll just continue to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk we'll stop come back, come back. We'll stop. see my mouth <laughs> see my mouth <laughs> so you know I, I came prepared to question you on the show <laughs> I was like this if you serve you to check Adenika your life is a miracle and I don't know if I if I dare say or if I can say that, in fact, I should say it, everything was together for good. Everything. God knows why this happened and God knows why you're in this position to help the people that need this help. I'm happy that you came on the show to talk about this. I'm so happy. I'll be more focused on looking out for the signs and I want to trying say, to help uh, you people. Know, I forget, something dropped in my spirit. Yeah. I want people to know where to go back to. Yes. Um, Lagos State Office of Disability Affairs yeah. is in Alausa. It's yeah. behind the Ministry of Justice, Block J. They're mm. there. Go and register. Get the things that should accrue to you as a person who lives in... You would need last right registration too for us to know that you're a Lagos State person mm. for anything to accrue to you. Mm. Go there, do it so that you, you you can get what it is. If you can provide a service for the Office of Disability Affairs, please go and provide your service because we need to do a lot more. Um, government cannot do it alone. Mm. Um, recently, I know a, a Parkinson's center was opened mm. in Surulere by the Desalu family in honor of their father. Right. It is from a place of personal experience. Mm. Julie the singer has been shouting about it recently. I and I promise you that, that um, noise is good, but emotions will not get us there. Mm. So as much as we are shouting, what is our strategy? So we need to be strategic about many things. 
Um, what else did I miss out? My book. Yes. yes. Robin yes. Heights has my book. Buy is on Amazon as well. It's self-titled. It is Adenike. Um, her story, your movie, his glory. Um, what else? I think that's about it. I had fun. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you Thank for, you for having sharing me. with us about your life and everything that you have gone through. Thank you for the work that you do with the people with disabilities. Yes, that's what it takes for, time. Yeah, thank you for actually sensitizing me yeah. from the beginning and thank you for... No handicap, no disabled. Yes. Um, identify the person first and mm. then the disability next because it gives us humanity. Mm. I wasn't born with disability right. so I should not be tagged the woman with the issue of blood. I have a name. My mm. name is Adenike. That woman with the issue of blood till tomorrow we know Sabi Ademo. Or that servant, name man, wait, tell name man, say, make you go back for inside. Now, no, just the servant girl. Mm. No, don't define me by this. You are Denike. My name force. is Adenike. A light. A miracle. Hallelujah. Offering time. Blessing time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Cheers to yes. more. And I need that book, please, my <laughs> <laughs>